There we go. All right, welcome to this week's, this month's, this second part of the year's episode of the Warriors Cry podcast. <laughs> we haven't had an episode in quite a while, and today I'm actually pleased to have uh, Nathan Dickerson on. He is the uh, the guy that's starting up a new group called uh, Sparrow and the Dirty Kids. Did I get that right? You did, yeah. Sparrow and the Dirty Kids. Cool deal. So uh, we're going to get into this in a few minutes, and we're just going to have a little bit of conversation. So if you've been listening to the podcast in the past, uh, and, and I apologize that there hadn't been an episode in a while, a lot of stuff's been going on this last year, a lot of good stuff, and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. So, uh, so stay tuned, and we're going to get into this conversation. So I've got live on the video uh, podcast with me right now, and unfortunately, I don't know how we're going to do the video podcast. So I might put put it up on Facebook a little bit later, but uh, I've got live Nathan Dickerson recording right now. So Nathan, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and kind of give us an idea of who you are? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your on your podcast, man. I'm so honored. Um, I'm so glad we're connected, man. When we when we met. Earlier this year, dude, it's just a dream. I love you, man. I'm, I'm so thankful for what you bring to the body, dude. It's so needed and it's so good. So thank you. Um, yeah, man, a little bit about me. So uh, I was 17 when I first like encountered Jesus. I mean, I grew up in church, um, but 17 when I like had a crazy encounter with Jesus and it just changed my life and started started me down the road of like asking questions about who's Jesus why don't we talk about him enough in church and um it was also around that time I started playing guitar I'd been playing drums like for my whole life picked up guitar started leading worship in my youth group and uh I'm 29 now so it's been 12 years off and on leading worship just around a lot of house churches other churches I've been on staff at churches to lead worship and and be like a worship pastor or whatever not that I totally care about that but um yeah i mean i'm just i'm just a dude who loves jesus and and wants to see his glory manifest in the earth man i know that the knowledge of the glory is going to cover the earth you know the glory covers it but i want to see it manifest i want to see people fall in love with jesus know his voice and uh you know be <laughs> just be captivated by his eyes and his face man because that's what's happened to me and it's just wrecked my life totally flipped it upside down in multiple times in different times of my life he's always met me in those dark places where you know uh, where i've needed him to flip my thinking or just show me grace and love man and it's it's been awesome it's been so good uh, that's so good, man. That's so good. Thanks for telling us that. So yeah. uh, your experience with worshiping, uh, being a worship leader in churches, um, how did that uh, direct your path? How did that make you uh, uh, into the person you are now? Yeah, dude, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, being being on stage at such a young age, I, I think it did two things. One, it I was so performance driven for so much of my life because my life was based around performance, whether it was music or sports or whatever, my life was wrapped around that. And then of course in church where 
were really hit hard with a performance mentality in schools performance. So when I first started leading worship, there was a lot of performance mentality based around it, even though I had this encounter with Jesus. Um, but at the same time, it's performance-based, yet it was like raw and real. And it sounds like, how could that be, you know? It was like, I was trying my hardest because I met Jesus and I loved him, you know? So there was a lot of like, a lot of effort and energy put into it um, because it had to be church, you know? It had to be what the church wanted, what my youth group wanted. And we were pretty charismatic and which was which was great in shaping my worship because as a youth group, we would have like 40 minute worship services. We would do spontaneous worship. And so I was like birth. My worship was birthed from a lot of spontaneous like worship where people were getting touched. Man, people were encountering Jesus and um, <clears throat> there was prophetic stuff happening in, in our youth group too. And so it was really cool that that's kind of like where my worship was birthed from. Um, so even though there was performance-based stuff, it was like the more I understood grace and got away from that, the more I was able to just sink into his rest in worship um, and sink into his his love where it's really just about connecting with him and and not being about the performance, but being about just just worship, just connecting with Jesus and singing to him, um, you know, through songs, through my through our hearts, through spontaneity. And uh so a lot of my music, even a lot of my songs have been birthed from that place of spontaneity. And so I'd say, yeah, I mean, my experience with worship in the church um, really, really formed how I write music, how I lead worship now that I'm not really in the in the traditional church setting. I'm more in like community groups and, and home churches and stuff like that. So um, it leaves a lot of room for me to be spontaneous when I'm leading worship, which is beautiful. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Great. So, um, you know, most of uh, the listeners know that I actually attend a church pretty regularly, but during this last year of my deconstruction era, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I've kind of gotten to the point where I desire more of those close-knit kind of uh, relational community meetings where, you know, it's it's not about the cliques, it's not about the the individual little groups, it's all about like being in one place and just loving on each other and just having a good, joyful time with each other. And I've met a lot of really good friends over this last year, you included. I remember the first time you walked in to uh, John Crowder's Mystical School when I went to that back in January. You ran up to me and you're like, it's like a dream comes true. It's like a dream <laughs> came true. And I still remember that time very fondly because I got to know you over that weekend and yeah. I got to meet Lynn and uh, of course, I met Dusty as well and uh, Anthony Golden for the first time. And uh, even though Anthony and I and I had been friends for you know months up until then, I finally got to meet him. And so it was kind of an interesting. Well, it wasn't kind of. It was a really interesting experience. And so, um, what was the start of your awakening? Yeah, the start I would say would be would have been when I was seventeen when I met Jesus. Uh, you know, like I, like I'd mentioned earlier is that moment, I, <laughs> that moment was so powerful for me because I'd been struggling with a lot of things. I was 17 years old, high school boy, you know, struggling with, a, with a lot of different things, a lot of different insecurities. My home was, 
uh, you know, broken home, parents divorced. We went to church, you know, legalistic church, um, do all the right things so you can be right with God. Keep repenting. And and, and not that not that like repentance is bad. I'm sure you've talked about repentance in some way. Maybe you have. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But. You know, (laughs) that moment when I met Jesus when I was 17, it was the most joy and peace I'd ever experienced up until that moment. And, and there was a, a guest speaker at our winter church camp going around the room, praying for everybody. People were falling out in the spirit. Boom, boom. It was like the whole room, dude, got slain in the spirit dude, as he's just going around. And I was like, I mean, growing up in charismatic circles, I was like, dude, if this guy tries to push me. I ain't having it. <laughs> like, it's not, no, 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 not going to happen. Right. But he didn't, he, before he even touched my stomach, dude, it just felt like this ball of electricity. I mean, he spent one second, barely touched my stomach. Now I'm down on the ground and I encounter Jesus and he like walks over to me, puts down his hand and just says, welcome home, son. And like picks me up. It was quick, but dude, it was like the most peace I'd ever met. He was smiling on his face. You know what I mean? And, and so I experienced all this freedom for like a month. And I was like, so happy, dude. I was like, oh my gosh, my life's changed. I'm like in love with Jesus. This is so real. But then going to church you know, then I would like slip back into stuff. And the answer for church was laws, you know, was rules and regulations and try to beat your flesh and kill your flesh. And I didn't really hear much about this man, Jesus, that I preached. It was more about all the things that I was doing wrong and how I needed to keep asking for forgiveness. But when I met Jesus, it was like, that didn't even matter. You know, it was like, dude, you're here. Like, I'm so happy you're here with me right now. It was like every, my whole past, nothing mattered to him. And, um, you know, not that it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter to him, but his answer to it was his love and his him meeting me with open arms in the middle of that. That was the answer to pull me out of all, all of my junk, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and so that was the start of it. And then my earthly dad, he, he really pointed me to a lot of good teachers like Joseph Prince and Andrew Womack, who have some solid foundational teachings on, on grace and our identity in Christ. And I, I ended up going to a Christian college that my first year at the Christian university, um, they were talking about being the beloved. And so that just like solidified more identity in me. Um, and then um, the last year has been quite a journey. Well, I'll back up a little bit. I'll keep telling my story in order, I guess here. <laughs> Um, then in 2011, I started listening to Bill Johnson and stuff from Bethel and, you know, I just gleaned from anything I could, man. I was so, I was so wanted to know who Jesus is. I so wanted to know the truth because I really believe that if I understand the truth, I'll walk in freedom and I'll walk in authority and I'll walk in the things that Jesus said we could one and two things that I'm called to do that we're called to do as believers, right? And so I was just hungry for truth, man. I was just hungry to know, like, I, I want to know Jesus, you know, I started experiencing prophetic stuff in 2009. Um, and then um, 2011 went to Bethel. We started praying for people after we went to Bethel. Um, when I say we, me and my ex, um, we started praying for people in a year. We saw about 300 people get healed. It was it was a wild journey, man, just wild. Um, and then at that point, I had come across John Crowder. And uh, 
man, it, it wrecked like a lot of his stuff wrecked me. And then that's when I started experiencing a lot more joy and a lot more intense joy and experiences that left me feeling so outside of myself and filled with love and joy and peace, dude, that it was like, whoa, this can happen more than just like once in a blue moon when I encountered Jesus, but this is actually a lifestyle that we can live in, you know? And then, um, so then 2017, 16 and 17 were pretty rough years for me. Like the roughest years I've ever had in my life. Um, I experienced a lot of depression. And in uh, September and October of last year, I became so depressed and I actually became suicidal. And um, it was, it was wild. I, had, I fell into some teaching that led me out of the real gospel and into some Christ consciousness stuff. And um it was just kind of downhill from there. I'd, I'd sort of questioned Jesus and uh, yeah, it really led me to depression. And the whole time I was depressed, I was just like, man, I miss intimacy with Jesus. And uh, th then I, I had this experience with, with Jesus again, man. He met me like so radically. I could talk for three hours just about what happened last year. He met me in my brokenness and my darkness, dude, and just wrecked me like to the point where, dude, I could never, ever even doubt again his existence you know, because of how, how impactfully and how powerfully he met me, you know, in my brokenness, dude, in my depression and my darkness. And, uh, it birthed a lot of the songs now that I've ha that I've been writing and it like instantly got me in like flowing in the prophetic again, which I hadn't been doing for a couple of years. And so, uh, yeah, man, it was just a wild, a wild ride with Jesus the last year. So, uh, um, I guess I told you a little bit more than just what started the awakening, but it's just sort of these different moments. It's hasn't just been one specific moment, but it's been really a, a journey of, of walking with Jesus and him being so faithful to me, man, even in my, my, all, all of my crap, all of my junk, he's just been so faithful to, to continue to reveal who he really is, you know, yeah. and who I am. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, the realization that all of the stuff, all of the junk, all of everything that we've ever done in our lives mattered so much that he would take on flesh and kill it 2,000 years ago. Like that yeah. in and of itself is such a, a message of, of redemption. And um, hmm. like I've believed that for many years. I personally have been a believer for 25 years and... It wasn't until that message hit me last year that I started opening my eyes and realizing how free I truly was, you know? Um, yeah. You may have heard me talk about it, and everybody on my podcast has heard me talk about it, but I was addicted to pornography for years. Mm. Lust and, and all of this yeah. for years, and uh, I can't tell you how bad I hurt my wife and all this kind of stuff during that period, and... and uh, fully realizing that that man was actually killed 2000 years ago and I was holding on to it, uh, was a wild awakening. And, uh, same thing with you, man. Like, yeah, realize that all of that stuff was killed 2000 years ago and that you are a new creation. Like, come on. I mean, how does that make you feel <laughs> alive, dude? <laughs> alive. You know, I've got so many people that are trying to convince me of different paths and orthodoxy and, all this kind of stuff. And I, I just like, I, I look at it and I'm like, you know what? None of that stuff has ever led me, um, where I'm at right now. 
none of that yeah. stuff has ever led me to realizing who I truly was. Um, and, you know, I've been a Pentecostal believer since I was, you know, 15, 16. I spoke in tongues the, uh, for the first time in my life when I was 15 years old and, and had a really supernatural experience. And then I got lost in church and wanted to be a pastor, yeah. you know, and, and uh, had a spiritual father that was trying to raise me to become his replacement and all this kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, I wouldn't say he's disowned me, but it's actually, you know, he doesn't hardly ever talk to me anymore. So it, it hurts. It hurts when you actually yeah. have this realization. But to know that you're free and, you know, and, and you're trying to share that and reveal that to other people, it's 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 definitely a, a, an, a an interesting journey. So. But, yeah, I appreciate your heart, Nathan. You you're Thanks, a man. beautiful guy. And, you know, and, and the thing that I wanted to just you know, say today is I, I really want to promote you, man. I want to promote everything about you, man. I want to get you out mm -hmm. there so that people hear you just like I did with Brian Schiltz and, and sharing his music with my friends and, and people uh, around when I had him on, I want to do the same for you. So I just want to promote you today. And, you know, so give me the inspiration. Tell me the inspiration for the name Sparrow and the Dirty Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love sharing this. So uh, it's not a theological statement. I'll say that right off the bat. <laughs> uh, it's, it has nothing to do with like being some dirty sinner or anything like that. Um, so Sparrow, it's really funny. I actually wanted to change my last name a, a few years ago. I was like in this really, which I still might actually, I'm considering changing my last name um, because of how much Sparrow means to me. But um I was, it actually was kind of came out of this place of being really bitter with my family and wanting to change my name from bitterness. And my best friend uh, was like, uh, his name is Josh. <laughs> my best friend was like, he knew how much I love pirates and the ocean. He's like, dude, just change your last name to Sparrow. Like after Jack Sparrow, I was like, dude, that's actually kind of a cool, a cool idea. And then I looked at what a sparrow means, what it like spiritually represents. And it represents joy and inclusion and um, creativity and connection and friendship and pretty much everything my life has like stood for over the years. And, uh, and then this year when I got wrecked again, I started going to rainbow gatherings. It's a, uh, the rainbow gathering of light and love, which are, they're not new age festivals, but it kind of is every night for two, you camp in the woods for two weeks and every camp there's different camps. So like there's a Jewish camp and a Buddhist camp and um, I serve with the Jesus kitchen. And then there's a witch camp. Like there's all these different camps and people just come to camp as well, but these different camps make kitchens. And then you all like every kitchen serves each other every night. And throughout the day, you serve three meals a day. Um, and you just go around to these different kitchens and get food and eat. And, you know, people do drugs and they do all kinds of crazy stuff, but I've been going this year and, just ministering to people, you know, we set up spiritual encounters and all this stuff, uh, spiritual encounter tents and like prophesy over people and interpret dreams and do all this amazing things. People are in tears. And so at these rainbow gatherings, you can have like a hippie name or a rainbow name. And so I chose Sparrow and then dirty kids are what we call travelers. So like if there's, you know, there's like train hoppers and, and it's like homeless people essentially, but it's the ones that intentionally, like they just travel. They, a lot of them have chosen this life or because of circumstances, they don't want to be at home or they don't 
they don't have a way to get on their feet so they just travel a lot of them will follow the rainbow trail and so they're called dirty kids and uh the the jesus kitchen i go and serve with man in a lot of ways they're my tribe like i love just they they're jesus people we don't all agree on everything theologically but it's one of the most beautiful things i've seen that we don't all agree theologically and we come together to serve people who are lost and searching and and want something more which is why they're there you know and as a team effort dude we get to see people's lives wrecked and um and so that's kind of where um, the name for my project came about was from these rainbow gatherings. I hear you, man. <laughs> so yeah. So dirty kids is kind of like a uh, uh, a new way of saying hobo. Yeah, in a sense, and and <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And but for me too, it, it sort of represents more or less like the the traveler or the searcher in us all you know the seeker in us all we all are are looking for that more in a sense you know and uh, at some point in our life we are you know at, and at, for me it's like the answer i i think spare on the dirty kids it goes hand in hand because joy and inclusion is what we're all searching for you know what i mean we all want to be included we all want joy we all want creativity we all we all want friendship and so i think those two things go hand in hand is the seeking and the sparrow, you know, it's like uh, they they go together. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit yeah. I'm tipsy off of you, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, dude, come on, glory. <laughs> so yeah, I really don't know where to go from here. You know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, um, Go ahead. Oh no, go go for it. So, how did you and uh, Matt Spinks link up over the years? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> well, that's going to open up a can of worms a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> I had a ministry. I had a I had a website called the Four Twenty Life, <laughs> and uh, it was my ministry page. And I took it from First Corinthians four twenty, and I came up with a name um, when I was seeing a lot of healing happen. And First Corinthians four twenty is the kingdom of God is not of mere talk, but of power. And at the time I was experiencing a lot of sort of um, ecstatic bliss from Jesus as well. And so I would, I would feel really high from his love or, you know, scripture often references that um, his love is better than wine, you know? And, and so I was having these, ex a lot of these experiences. And so in hopes to sort of redeem drug culture, I was, <clears throat> or reach those types of people, um, you know, I was really sort of being, being edgy. And I had some videos out. I was doing a video series called Cloud Nine. And Matt Spink saw those videos and reached out to me in 2014. And I actually came to Fort Wayne to, um, to be, uh, just to kind of see what they were doing, because community has always been my heart. I read in Acts, you know, that believers sold everything to be together and make sure everybody was out with, without need. I read that in college and I was like, dude, this is what, in my opinion, this is what the church ought to look like is really coming together, living with each other, being with one another and making sure that we're all, you know, without lack, without need. And so um, Matt's sort of been modeling that and, and, and in a sense going after it, so to say, for the last, you know, 12 years, Matt in the community here and um, in Fort Wayne. So that's how we got linked up. He actually found me <laughs> four and a half years ago and reached out to me. 
and uh, through the the faithfulness of Papa, man, he's just brought me right back here to be with him right now. So <laughs> it's been awesome. So the 420 life, huh? <laughs> yes, and and shameless little plug. I'm actually revamping it, and um, I'm going. I'm I'm hoping my aim is to have it launched by January, but it's going to be the 420 Church. And it's going to be an online church. Um, Matt and I are dreaming about it, about doing Sunday morning services, pretty much like an online community where we just uh, like come together to to do a, a teaching and talk about it afterwards and some worship. So, um, but it's going to be my ministry page where I'll I'll blog and I'm going to do a, a, a my goal is to have a podcast and a video series and just really put out a lot of content about the gospel and. Uh, it's going to be beautiful. The 420church.com. So that'll be that'll be happening soon. Awesome, man. So yeah. uh, I'm going to throw a loaded question at you and see how you can answer it. You ready? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. What is the gospel? Mm, <laughs> dude, that's that is such a loaded question. Um, <laughs> whew, yeah, I, I think there's many answers to that. Um, I think there's many answers to that, and I think depending upon who you who answers that and whose heart uh, is talking, you could get a lot of really good answers. But I'll give try to keep it simple. I think it's I think it's like three things in my opinion. <clears throat> I think it's the the announcement, Jesus's gospel that he preached everywhere he went was heaven is here and now, heaven is at hand, heaven is amongst you. That was literally his good news. The good news that Jesus came to pronounce was heaven is here, heaven is at hand. It's not far off. It's not going to be the place you go to when you die, but it's actually a present reality, a spiritual reality that's here. Therefore, repent and actually see the truth. Change your mind, change the way you view reality. And uh, and see that heaven is here. That's one. I think two. The good news is that nobody has ever known who the Father is. Um, but Jesus has actually come to reveal who the Father is, the very nature and character of God. Um, it says in Hebrews one um, that in the past God spoke through the prophets and. Um, but now he's spoken through his son, Jesus, who's the perfect and exact representation of the glory of God. And uh, so the good news is that God looks like Jesus. And we don't have to actually question what God looks like anymore and whether or not he's faithful or whether or not he's good or whether or not he wants to heal or whether or not destruction comes from him. But all of those answers are found in the person of Jesus who perfectly displays who God is for us. Um. And then the third would be that he perfectly displays who we are because we see these are my the the three things of the gospel that are really close to my heart. You know, is that he reveals the what actual reality is. He reveals who he is. And by revealing who he is, he reveals who we are because we're cut from the same cloth. You know, it reveals his identity and our identity. And so I think those three things are are the gospel that I carry with me that I that I preach, you know. The things that are really close to my heart. Um, and when I talk to people, those are the things that I want to reveal is that reality is actually a lot better than we think it is, you know? Um, and if, if we don't know how to see heaven here, 
then, you know, <laughs> intimacy with Jesus, like faith is, is faith works through love and his love is what actually persuades us. You know, it's faith is seeing what God sees. And if God in the person of Jesus sees heaven here and is saying that heaven is here, maybe we ought to listen to what God sees, you know what I mean? And what he's saying. Yeah. And, uh, and if we, if we have a difficult time seeing it, that's okay. There's no, there's no shame for that. It just means, Hey, get to know God. He's not scary. He looks a lot like Jesus, you know? And, um, and he looks and a lot th- like you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I think part of that identity too, of the good news, you know, the, the last part, of our identity is that Christ is the mystic secret, the hope of glory, that he is the very, the, the very um, essence of our existence inside of us. And so um, he, he has not, he has taken residence up in us. The good news is that the, the, for our identity is that we were co-crucified with Christ and co-risen with Christ. And now we have a whole new plane of existence, you know, and uh, we're we're full of the Godhead, full of authority, full of power, full of Jesus, and um, <laughs> and it's yeah, man, it's just good. It's good news. Like if if it's not producing fruit in our life, you know, truth sets us free. The gospel is good news. If it was bad news, we wouldn't have a gospel. It wouldn't be the gospel, you know. And so anything that it doesn't mean that every message out there that sounds that sounds good is the gospel but good news is for our benefit it's for our health and so if it's bringing real lasting freedom like real freedom not freedom to go do whatever you want and and sin and have orgies and whatever but you know what i mean it's real lasting freedom that brings health to every relationship around us to everything around our existence that's what the gospel is meant for not just like practically, but even supernaturally, you know, like supernatural health to everything around us. So, yeah, man, so, <laughs> kind of a long answer, but. <laughs> so what you're saying is that you're basically just a chip off the old eternal block. Come on. Yes. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good way of putting it, man. Yeah. Yeah. And you look just yeah. like. Yeah, you just you look just like your daddy. Uh, I had somebody call me Ginger Jesus the other day, so I'm leaning into it. So, <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> that you should start a podcast called Ginger Jesus, dude. <laughs> that would be great, dude. I would. Oh my gosh, I know this one's great, but another one <laughs> might be cool. Another one, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Just an idea. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know where to go from here. What else we can talk about? Um, so, maybe my I have an album coming out soon. Yeah. Um, Tell I'm, us about uh, that. Yeah, I'm. So I'm working on. I've, I'm working on a an album. It's an EP. It's my debut EP, and it's six tracks, but it's like forty minutes of worship. And uh, it's called Empty Graves. And uh, I'd love to at least just tell you one of the lines from the verses. Or I can tell you the verse and I'll tell you the bridge because they're my two favorite lines. So uh, it's, it was, this song was really birthed out of 
what I went through last year. So the verse says that even when I ran away to hell, you brought home right back to me. Uh, even, even when I dug my own grave, I was still safe in your embrace. Yeah. Um, you know, because there is this real, there is this reality. Like, yeah, there is danger when we sin. It's not ignoring that. You know, there are consequences when we do things that are harmful. But it's the fact that he still, you know, the prodigal son when he comes home and he, like, he's still safe in his papa's embrace. That that embrace, that love for his son never changed you know there was never a moment of scolding it was a moment of come there's a table set for you let's feast you know and uh and then the bridge the bridge says um you've captured my heart with your bleeding scars and your broken face and that empty grave and uh you know it's my grave is empty because yours was empty first that's the chorus uh-huh. And it's it's both literal for me because I was I literally was going to kill myself. I had wrapped my neck in a cord one night, and the next day I was in my best friend's house. I was like, I can't do that here. And the next day, I was I had driven away to a different town because I was going to go and commit suicide. And Jesus literally met me with plane tickets to go see John Crowder at the Paradise Now tour and to come to Fort Wayne to see people here, like. I didn't ask for it. People bought me plane tickets within five minutes of each other. I had plane tickets to Florida and plane tickets, uh, a plane ticket home, plane ticket to Florida, plane ticket to Fort Wayne and a plane ticket back to California where I was living at the time. And it was the night that I was like planning to kill myself. (laughs) Mm. I mean, Jesus met me, dude, with great violent grace and stopped me. And uh, my grave is literally empty because Jesus was his was empty first and he met me you know but also spiritually when he's the vicarious man you know Romans 6 we've been co-crucified we've been crucified with him we've been baptized into his death Galatians 2:20 co-crucified with Christ no longer I who live so this idea that my grave is is both physically empty but also dude I'm a whole new man I'm a whole new man <laughs> yeah yeah you go uh, bit <laughs> what was that you glow a little bit yeah man <laughs> tad <laughs> uh, amen amen dude be uh, transformed by the renewing of your mind you know so yeah, good man so mm. there's a lot of people out there that really struggle with their identity and their um you know uh, struggling with the idea uh, or the even the thought of suicide. And, you know, it, you hear Nathan's message here. You know, he said that Jesus met him in his most uh, challenging of times, and he was about to kill himself. He was about to kill his flesh. And, uh, and Jesus met him. So let me tell you, if you are struggling with the idea of suicide, uh, I'm going to post an actual link in the podcast description where you can actually reach out for help. Um, and uh, we're going to try to maybe help you uh, if we can. Yeah. If you need help, you can feel free to message me uh, on Facebook at The Warriors Cry, or you can also send me an email at thewarriorscry at gmail.com. And if I can't help you, I'll find someone that can. And uh, I'm sure Nathan would love to talk with yes. you if you're struggling with that as well. 
because it is something that is it is so potent. Um, it is so uh, tempting at times. You know, I, I know that I almost uh, had uh, about ten years ago. Actually, no, a little bit longer than that. Probably about it's going on about nineteen years now. I almost committed suicide when I had a big life change that happened. And uh, luckily, my mom showed up at the right moment, and mm. she kept me from doing it. So I can say that Jesus saved me, too, because if it wasn't for Jesus, mom probably wouldn't have showed up, you know? And even yeah. though I didn't know who I was then and didn't really learn who I was until last year, um, God has preserved me and saved me, and God has preserved Nathan and saved him. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how awesome our God is. That's the good news. You know, that's that's the gospel right there. You know, Jesus preached that heaven is here. He preached that the kingdom is in you. And and then he took our identity, gave us his, and killed our old identity on the cross. We were co-crucified, co-buried, co-resurrected, co-ascended. And now we sit side by side in Jesus' lap at the right hand of Father Mm. right now, forehead to forehead. In heavenly places. <laughs> Come on, face to face. Yeah, face koinonia right there. Oh. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and wind down the podcast. Um, and and like I said, if you're struggling with the idea of suicide, reach out to myself, or I'm sure Nate wouldn't mind any messages. Nate, how could they reach out to you? Yeah. So you can um, you can add me on Facebook. My Facebook name is Nathan James Dickerson. That's my personal one. Or um, facebook.com backslash Sparrow and the Dirty Kids. That's my music one. Either one of those, reach out to me. I'll be glad to to contact or you know get in touch with you and talk with you and and pray with you and all of that, all of that good stuff. Yeah, your your life. If you are struggling with it, just want to say your life is worthy. There's no shame for even being in that place of having those thoughts. You know, um, of having suicidal thoughts. There's no shame for that. There's no shame for your life. You're worthy. You are loved. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to finish up recording here. I just want to thank you guys for listening today and uh, love you very much. Uh, and hopefully this uh, video will be available on uh, Facebook here soon. If not, the audio recording will actually be available through soundcloud.com forward slash the Warriors Cry. And you can also sub- subscribe through iTunes podcasts and wherever else you might listen to podcasts. But I appreciate you showing up and listening and giving us uh, a little bit of your time. Love you guys. Have a great day.